Hi, good morning. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Thank you for tuning in online. We broke a record last week, 300 viewers on the last Thursday, so we're breaking records, praise God. So good morning, thank you for joining us all around the world. And without further ado, I'm going to turn it right over to Pastor Art Aricon. So can we all give a hand clap for Pastor Art and welcome him? Thank you for doing that with me. Appreciate it. Love you, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, praise God, everybody. Hey, if you'll stand back up for just a moment, now that you're wonderfully seated. If you'll do that for me. I think I need a either grow or something. It's tall. This is tall. Father, in the name of Jesus, I say the word is alive, it's true, it's yes and amen. I speak over this congregation, and I say no weapon formed against them shall ever prosper. Every man, every woman, every couple, every single will experience the manifestations of God if they dare to believe. And dare to trust. And I say Satan is defeated and Jesus is Lord. I say their hearts are strong physically. No blood diseases, no cancer cells, no brain aneurysms, no loss of bone density, no kidney failures in Jesus' name, uh, no cancer anywhere in their bodies. I say they never don't have loss of hearing, loss of sight, loss of mobility. I say they live and not die in the name of Jesus to give you honor and glory. I decree it, declare it, and as the word goes forth, may we all just uh, saturate the word and do what the word instructs us to do. And I'm declaring it because the word is true and the word is yes and amen. And the word is our final authority. We decree it and declare it. Jesus, thank you for being Lord. Holy Spirit, thank you for being present and administering life and godliness to this wonderful congregation. In Jesus' name. I have an old statement, and that is this. I'm no better than you, and you're no better than me. We're just all better than what we used to be. So, so if you'll turn around and look at somebody and say, I'm no better than you, and you're no better than me, we're just better than what we used to be. Amen. Well, then, and then you may, be, you may be seated. Praise God. The Lord is good. His mercy is forever. It's good to be here. I was coming just to sit in and uh, and, and uh, 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 not that I have a day off but my son is um, uh, he and I share the month and so he takes two Sundays and two Wednesdays and uh, so that gives me opportunity to go visit some of the other churches that I'm in relationship with and and or, or uh, I've ordained the ordaining factor of which this is so I called Pastor I said hey listen I'm going to come visit, and so I wasn't planning on preaching, I was just planning on sitting and enjoying the ministry, and so he asked me if I preach, so here I be, so, uh, so, so here I am. Uh, if you don't know me, uh, my name is Art Aragon, and uh, uh, I've been pastoring 44 years, and my, uh, I'm ordained under Jesse DePlanis, that's who I'm ordained with. I was with uh, Dr. Ed Dufresne, and he was my spiritual father from 1978 until the time he went home to be with the Lord in the plane crash. And I believe you can't be a man of authority unless you're a man under authority. So uh, I was under uh, a great leadership. And uh, so I prayerfully considered at that point who I should ask or who I should consult with with being uh, uh, 
a man I could, a couple I could, we could submit to, and it became Jesse, Kathy, the planets. And so, uh, so that's now my spiritual father. And so uh, I'm excited about that, that, that we have that relationship. So that's where I'm at. And uh, uh, I've told the account that uh, after about uh, a year or so, uh, your pastor came to me and he said, would you, or, would you ordain me? And he'll, he'll tell you, I didn't say anything. I didn't say yes, and I didn't say no. I just didn't say anything. Uh, one of the things about the laws of faith is uh, not just speaking the right things, but also learning when to be quiet. So that you don't say anything. And so uh, I didn't. And I waited two years, almost two years. And then I called him and said, you still want to be ordained? And so we went out to eat. We talked, questioned him, and talked to both of them. And uh, so, and then finally said, okay, well, I'll ordain you. And so uh, we did. We laid hands on him. And, and uh, you don't need to be ordained by man to, uh, to make it in life. You need to be ordained by God. If, if God hasn't ordained it, man can't do it. And what really man, what man does is, is confirm what God has already affirmed. And so, so thank God for it. So, so we appreciate you all being here today. And for all those you watch it by live stream, appreciate you. Thank God for you. And uh, so uh, that's a little bit of history. My wife and I, uh, this September, uh, uh, we will be uh, uh, celebrating uh, our, our 45th year in ministry. Uh, this September, I, I turned 69. And uh, this September, uh, uh, our, we we uh, uh, we will have been married. I met her in '71, and so and we married in 1974, and so we have our wedding anniversary in September. So we celebrate three things in September, and September was a wild month, but it was a productive month for us, very fruitful month for us, and so we thank God for it. So uh, if you will, you have your Bibles with you. Or whatever means by which you utilize to open up the Word. And uh, uh, if you'll do that, uh, I want to be able to, to share some things with you and uh, speak into your life. Uh, uh, and so, if you have your Bible, if, you, if you're using an iPad or an iPhone or some kind of electronic, put your hand on it for just a moment. And, and, uh, and let me pray. Father, thank you for this living Word. I believe it will not fall lifeless to the ground, but it will produce for the kingdom of God. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Yeah. Right, open your Bibles, if you will. Uh, and and, let, and let's, look at, let's look at a verse of Scripture, if, if you will, with me. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2. Isaiah 43, 2. And uh, let's go through something here. And I want to I talk about uh, 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 we don't quit in anything in life. We don't quit. And uh, we don't have quitting sense, and we shouldn't have quitting sense. Faith never goes back. Faith always moves forward. And so you're going to run into storms. You know, the Bible said, Whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which you say, you'll have what he says. Well, the first thing about moving a mountain is you've got to know one's there. <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't realize there, if you deny the mountain, you can't talk to it. And, and, and so, uh, 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 I was talking to Stan, the man who drove me up here. This is Stan Mender. He drives me quite a bit wherever, wherever we go and wherever I, I'm at and travels with me on uh, different states and different things. And uh, We were talking up here. I said, all it takes is, is one word to crumble any mountain. Just one word to crumble a mountain. It's in your way. That's all it takes. 
is one word, but the word has to be spoken with authority. Has to be spoken with confidence. Has to be spoken from out of your spirit, man. Has to be a rhema to you, uh, a, a living word. So in this verse of scripture, uh, uh, we find that the prophet Isaiah is speaking, and in, and when he makes a statement, uh, and, and uh, please uh, forgive me if I'm not going through the whole text. I, I like to go at least ten verses above and ten verses beneath. I don't, I don't have the time to look, to do all that. But now notice this one verse. He said, "When thou passest through the water, I like that pass us through. Uh, in other words, you don't live there, you don't stay there. You pass through. Turn around, say you're just passing through. Turn around with a little bit more excitement and with a smile on your face, and say you're just passing through something temporary. Don't ever think a challenge or a problem is permanent. It's always temporary. It's always temporary." Uh, the, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. It didn't say no weapon would be formed. It just said it wouldn't prosper. So weapons are always forming around you. You just don't have to give in to them. You have to give them any credibility. You, you have an insane enemy called the devil. And, uh, and, and, he, and uh, so you've got to re recognize it. There are things going on today that you and I didn't vote for and uh, we don't like. And, uh, but yet... Uh, ridiculous people who are, who are demon inspired are doing all kinds of stuff. Amen. People say, "Well, well don't, don't 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 call me by that by, by that by, the, by that name. Don't call me a man. Don't call me well. Well, then call me by my pronouns: blessed, healthy, Amen. strong, Amen. healed. Right. You want my other words? Well, then you call me by what? Yeah. Call me the righteousness of God. Right. I'm not gonna say, "Well, then I'm not calling you what you think I should call you." Amen? Right. Praise the Lord. If you were born with all the standard equipment, you ought to know what you are. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. As Brother Jesse said, just look down. That'll, it'll help you. <laughs> that, 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 that will help you. you. You ought to know what you, you ought to know who you are. The, 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 world, the world has become stupid uh, with demonic forces. And so we, we lack leadership who trusts in God. And so, but notice this, when thou passest through the water, watch this, are you ready for it? This is your shouting stuff. For those of you who haven't shouted in a, in a week or a month, watch this. I will be with you. Amen. There it is right there. I will be with you. This is God talking to, to a prophet Isaiah. I'm going to be with you. When you pass through the water, don't ever forget it. I'll be with you. Amen. I will be, no matter what you go through, I will be with you. And then he said this, and through the waters, they'll, they'll not overflow thee. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon you. Now, now, all of this, and if you're taking notes, you ought to, you, and, and you ought to, uh, you ought to take notes. Uh, leaders uh, uh, know how to write things down. You can win life with a pencil. Amen. Just write stuff down. So that you, so that you could recall it and remember it. Just write it down. Now watch this. You you must keep the spirit of a finisher when the world's telling you you're over. You must keep the spirit of a finisher. And and how do you do that? By keeping your words right. Keeping your words right. Don't ever say what the circumstance is saying. Don't ever talk the challenge. It'll come up. 
Remember Matthew chapter 6, Jesus specifically, he said it four times. And, and when he said it, so, so it's evident that he made a reference to stress this point. Take no thought. Take no thought. Take no thought. Then he adds this. And take no thought saying. That's right. So sayings are byproduct of what you're thinking. Amen. We know what you're thinking by what you're saying. Right. Amen. So a thing sober you desire when you pray, believe and you receive them, you have them. You know that verse of Scripture. And if you don't open your Bible, uh, go to Matthew, uh, Mark chapter 11. You, you don't know. What things sober you desire. But what you desire is a byproduct of what you've been meditating on. That's right. Amen. And so when, when you recognize that, people say, why are you always talking about your wife? I go, because I desire her. Amen. Amen. There's over a, a little old, just shy over 8 billion people on the planet, and I don't want any of them. All I want is my wife. All I need to do is, anywhere I wake up next to her is home. Praise God. Amen. So, I, I know that. And so I recognize that. So I, that's why I talk about her so much. Because I love her so much. Praise God. She led me to Jesus Christ. I get to wake up next to the woman who led me to Jesus Christ. Amen. I woke up with her this morning. And so, and got to do that. Not only did she lead me to Christ, uh, I led her to the altar. And we got born again. She led me to one altar, I led her to another, and we've been there ever since. And we're in deep love with each other. She's a wonderful woman. And so, uh, keep the spirit, the spirit of a finisher. Turn around and tell somebody, say, I will endeavor my whole life to keep the spirit of a finisher. Now you'll never finish till you start. You can't finish what you haven't started. You, no baseball player can, can uh, go to third base till they rounded first and second. See, you got to leave the plate to get to first. You got to get on base. And so you just can't win and say, I'm a finisher just going to a church service. You must give God your service. You must uh, acknowledge there's a gift of God on the inside of me. And it may not line up with everybody else's gift. However, there's a gift in me. And I recognize the gift that's in me. And since there's a gift in me, I must use that gift. For the glory of God. I must utilize it to give God honor and glory. Well, whatever it might be, just utilize that wonderful gift. Utilize it. Uh, uh, we have a, a wonderful, wonderful woman in our church, Nikki. And she came to the church. She came out when we had Brother Jesse to plan us. And, uh, and, and uh, she's been coming ever since then. First time. And that, that's over four years ago. And she came. And, and then... Uh, after the first year she came to me and she's in, in a walker and she came and, and sat on the walker looked at me and she said can you use somebody like me? She had tears in her eyes. Can you use somebody like me? I said, are you kidding me? I'm, I love somebody like you. I want somebody like you. I need somebody like you. Yes. She goes, what can I do? I said, you can greet at the door. She goes, but I'm in a walker. I said, I want everybody coming through that door is walking. <laughs> They're all walkers. She says, yeah, but I have to sit. I go, well, sit. Most of them, when they come in, all they do is sit anyway. So come on in. Join, join them. And so she stands, sits by the door, and she, she holds a sign up. Welcome. 
welcome with a smile on her face. Boy, the first two weeks she cried doing that. She cried. Because some people think their natural body forbids them from service. You can't, you, there's nothing you can't, you, that, that you can do in the natural, physically, that, that, will, that God will ever quit on you. God hasn't quit on you at all. God has a shut off the power. It's all inside of you. You got to do something. You got to get up. Anyone can begin a marathon, but champions finish them. You got to keep running the race. Everything that you do, every every everyone will experience adversity. If you haven't experienced adversity, you're a liar. <laughs> if you haven't finished, if you haven't experienced a challenge in your life, you're lying. And, uh, and so everybody has experienced some form of challenge, some more than others, some different than others. And so uh, it's important that we understand that you're going to face adversity. But if you'll keep the spirit of a finisher, that'll keep you going. And it'll keep you running in your race. It'll keep you going. So everybody has faced it. So don't, don't act shocked. Uh, oh, I've, I faced a challenge. Well, so you'll face another one once you defeat that one. And that'll give you your testimony. Every test gives you a testimony. God didn't originate it, but once you win it, you got a testimony. Just hurt the devil with it. Just hurt the, just hurt the enemy. Learn, learn, if the enemy comes, have a Bible study with him. And say, sit down, let me remind you what the Bible said and how victorious I am. You tried this back, back, you know, 30 years ago. You tried this 20 years ago. You tried that. When will you ever learn, you insane demon, you? When will you ever learn? You can't mess with me. Amen. Right. So you got to learn to get, learn this, this challenge. It comes up. Pace yourself. Here's the key. Pace yourself in faith. Pace yourself in faith. Nobody plants a seed today and eats the fruit today. So whatever you plant, the sower soweth the word. According to Luke chapter 8, verse 11, the seed is the word. The seed is the word. I, I was recently teaching this, and I said, made the comment, because I, I, I really do, I enjoy uh, a, a summer fruit, and I really enjoy peaches. And, and so, but nobody, if you've ever experienced a, 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 a peach, if you've ever eaten one, then you realize by knowledge You've experienced, now you have knowledge. I cannot bite all the way through or I'll hit seed. Mm -hmm. Am I right? You can't bite all the way through. I don't care if how small or how big the peach is. If you tried to bite all the way through, you're going to get, you're going to hurt your teeth because you hit seed. Anytime you open your Bible, you'll hit seed. Anytime you open this, you'll hit seed. So just keep biting. Just keep speaking. And you'll hit seed. Amen. And anything God told you to do is worth your fight. Anything God instructed you to do is worth your fight. Your marriage is worth your fight. Your children are worth your fight. Your business is worth your fight. Your church is worth your fight. Anything God has instructed you to do is worth your fight. No matter what it is, it's worth your fight. You just got to go at it. And and most people, they quit. They, they, They quit in life. And so, and they do it because I didn't know I had to fight for this. Well, of course you do. There's no such thing as a perfect marriage. Ask my wife. <laughs> she, she doesn't wake up every morning and there's birds singing and, and there's uh, butterflies flying around and 
and little little things, little things just helping her out with the dishes and stuff. That doesn't happen. No. Angel, we don't hear, we wake up in the morning, we don't hear angels singing hallelujah. No, 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 that don't happen. That don't happen. No. But we do have experiences with God. See, people, they, when they first got married, oh, I'm so excited. I just thank you for being, uh, you can make me the happiest man in the world. Just give it a week. <laughs> You'll learn you have to put the toilet seat down. So you never did that before on your own. You'll learn you have to put the cap back on the toothpaste and how important that is. Or it could start an argument. Why don't you put the toothpaste cap on? I never have. Well, do it. What's wrong with you? I never knew till I got married there was a right way and wrong way to fold towels. I didn't know that. I, I didn't know. How do you, what, why? Is there a right way to wrong way? Just fold it. Eventually you're going to unfold it and use it. So why is there a wrong way and right way? Why? Why? I, don't, I didn't know. I, I didn't know that. My wife had to help me. I had to learn. Not only did she lead me to Christ, she led me to things I had no idea that I would learn in life. So everything about your life, though, is worth the fight. Everything is, is, is worth the fight. So, now watch this. Let me give you another verse of Scripture. Go to Psalm chapter 3, verse 3. And so, to keep the spirit of a finisher, you must learn this. Learn this verse. Get it down on the inside. Are you ready for it? This is a good verse. You ought to, you ought to know this verse. Look, at, I'm 69 years old. And it, I'm going to be 69 in a few days. Uh, regardless of what age you are, you ought to at least be able to quote that many verses. Regardless of what age you are. You ought to be able to quote at least that many verses. You ought to be able to quote 69 verses. I should. Where healing is concerned. You ought to be able to quote that where wealth is concerned. Prosperity is concerned. Got quiet in here. You ought to be able to quote verses of Scripture. We were talking about that coming up here. You'll never speak with authority until you recognize authorities found in the Word, not in your church attendance. Right. Not in your church attendance. And so, uh, you know, uh, you, you, we've got to realize that. And so, watch this verse. Are you ready for it? Yeah. Powerful verse. But thou, O Lord, I like this verse because my name's in it, art a, sh a shield for me. Anytime I see my name in there. Hey, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. You're my glory, and you're the lifter of my head. Amen. When the enemy tries to put you down and tell you you can't make it, you're not going to be able to do it. You won't, you won't be able to ma make it in life. And, and you won't be able to do it. I've had all kinds of reasons to quit ministry. All kinds of reasons. And I never took one of them. I never took one of them. Let me, let me give you a major one. Let me give you a major Most of you don't know this. Uh, when I met uh, years, years back, Stan, Stan's aware of this. Uh, and, uh, I don't know if Pastor Elijah is aware of it. He may, may or may not be. Him and Chris, they may, may be aware of this. I don't know. But, but there was a time uh, I was utilizing my faith. And, uh, and we walked into a building. And, and uh, my wife and I, we saw this building. We were going to rent it for the, in 1999 for a 2000 celebration. And uh, we didn't give much credence to the Y2K scare that they gave. We were just, we're going to have a great time and bring as many churches as we can together. And we found this building. It sat 3,000 people. 
Well, actually, less than that. And so we walked in, and the and the gentleman showed around. He goes, "This building's for lease." I go, well, "I want to lease it." And then he goes, "Well, it's for lease with the option to buy it." I said, "Then I'll do that." He goes, "Well, it's for sale." I go, "Then I want to buy it." And no price, no amount of money was ever mentioned. Nothing. No money was ever. No no dollar figure was mentioned. So when. When the government said, well, I'll get a hold of the gentleman representing the building, and and, and he'll and I'll have him give you a call. But two days later, he called. He goes, can I come to your office? He came to my office. Stacks of information on the building. Stacks. And and so, and I said, you know, you got all this paperwork here. Bottom line, what do you want for the building? He goes, $9 million. I said, the building's been empty for 10 years. I said, you want nine million for it? And I said, why don't you go back to your office and think about it and come back when you get a realistic dollar figure. And he goes, yeah, but nine million, goes, no, 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 get up, get all your stuff, and you can leave now. I was telling the stand coming up here, I've always lived this way. I learned this, learned this many years from Dr. Frederick Casey Price. I sat on his board for 30 years. I learned from him. Yeah. And I sat on the board with Dr. Mark Barkley for many years. I've learned this. I've been around Brother Copa for over 39 years. And so I've learned some things. Brother Jerry Savelle for 35 years. And Jesse for over, for over 27 years. I've, I've learned some, some powerful things. Travel with Lester Summer on TLO. I'm not saying that pat my back. I, when, you, when you hang around men who know what to do, you, you catch it. You catch Amen. it. And, and I've learned this. Brother Hagen used to say this. Things, are, things in the back room are usually caught, not taught. You just listen to instruction when they talk. And so I learned this. So I don't live by desperation, but I do live aggressively. I'm an aggressive man. So, you know, so uh, I said, so, so go ahead and, and leave. So they, they left. They, they, so he left. And, and so when he came back, uh, he called me and he said, okay, we'll lower it to $6 million. And I sort of laughed. I go, that's a good try. He goes, well, we can't go any lower than that. And I said, well, uh, I'm just telling you right now, we're not giving you that. And he said, how much, uh, he goes, how much are you willing to give, give me for the bill? I said, I'll give you three million. Now, you got to understand this. I didn't have 3,000. <laughs> no, I didn't have 3,000. And I said, I'll give you three million dollars and, uh, and, uh, for the building. He goes, you can't sit by that building for three million. It's a 57,000 square foot building in prime location downtown Anaheim. You know, it's got everything in it. It's got a restaurant in it and all that. I said, I know, I'll give you three million for it. So, and I said, so I'm leaving out of town and I'm gonna go preach. And I said, let's get back together. Just call me when you think about it. So, he, so, uh, so then he came back, he goes, how about five million? I said, if you keep going down, I'm gonna go down. You go down one more time, I'm going to two million. And so I left it. I'm preaching in Greenville, Mississippi, having dinner right after, after the service. And while I'm sitting there, uh, I get a phone call. And it's this gentleman. And he said, if you can get, and this is in the month of October, October 2009. I started the conversation in 2020. Seed takes time to grow. Yeah. So now we're in 2003. He calls me and he said, all right. And he was mad. I don't care if he's mad. 
as mad as you want. Just give me what I want. Okay. And so he said, if you, this October, if before December 20, uh, December 15th, you can give us three million cash, you can have the building. I said, not a problem. Praise God. I said, so I hung up. I looked over at Joanne. I said, I just got a call. We get the building for three million. She looked at me. She goes, three million? I go, three million. Don't say anything else. Three million. <laughs> so I go back to the church. I go, and we're not in the building. I said, we get the building for three million dollars. And I set it up so we could go to the church and have a meeting in it. We sat a meeting. We had a celebration inside. This is going to be our church. You remember that? This is going to be our church. It sat just about 2,800 members. Uh, we had, uh, on a good Sunday morning, 175 members. But 200, just shy of 250 showed up because they wanted to see how it was going to fail. And so, uh, uh, and some of the others. <laughs> and so, they, they all came. And the man that showed me around, he was the, he, I'm ministry, just sharing. So this is what God's given us. He walked straight up. And he was weeping. He said, I'm not a Christian, but this is God. Amen. And he said, I've been putting this money aside, and I have no reason why I'm doing this. And he goes, but here, I want to give you $25,000. Didn't come to the church. The man that showed me around gave me $25,000. around, I said, look, $25,000. And I said, God's already at work. Even talking to unbelievers. Amen. So I said, I told one of the men, go lead this man to Christ because he, he needs Christ now that he gave because then we, we don't know how much he's got left. So, you know. <laughs> you got to know me. <laughs> and, and, and so we're sitting there. Joanne walks up, my wife, and she goes, we don't need any millionaires to help us. All we need is one billionaire to step up. Because a millionaire will loan you money. billionaire will give you. So, uh, so I'm sitting, I go home, and two, day, two weeks later, I get a phone call, and a man call, a man's on the phone, he goes, is this Pastor Art Aragon, the Reverend? I go, this is me. And he said, I understand you might buy a building for $3 million, but it's worth more. How much is it worth? I go, $10 million. That's what it's valued at. Are you going to get it for three? All cash, I go, $10 million, $10 million, I get it for $3 million. yes, sir. He goes, well, you don't know me. My name is Mr. Green. I, work, I'm, uh, I own Hobby Lobby. I go, okay, I don't know you. I don't have a clue who you are. He goes, I know you don't know Hobby Lobby because we, we're not in California yet. And he said, but I heard of your story. I go, how'd you hear my story in Oklahoma? And he said, somebody told somebody in Kansas who told somebody in Texas who told a friend of mine uh, who, who lives in Oklahoma who came to my house for dinner and told me the story. So I told him to get a hold of the guy in Texas, to get a hold of the guy in Kansas, to get a hold of the guy in California, and I got your number. So he goes, my son and my attorney are flying out tomorrow to meet you. Okay? He said, all I got to do is take us to lunch. Take us to a Mexican restaurant. I go, okay, good, not telling with that. So he came, and they walked through the building for 15 minutes. That's all it took. They said, take us to eat. I go, where do you want to eat? And he said, where there's a Mexican restaurant called El Torito? I said, that's not real Mexican food. <laughs> but if that's where you want to go, it's where I'll take you. So we go to El Torito, and I'm sitting there. 
And he said, the son is sitting across from me. And then he looks at me and he said, uh, and, and I got the own, the guy who's dealing with the sale. He's sitting there. He's a Jewish man. He's a shot. And he, and he goes, well, uh, uh, why are you here? He goes, we're going to give him the money. He goes, when? He goes, as soon as we eat. He goes, well, let's hurry up and eat. I didn't know they were going to do that. They stood up and they said, uh, Pastor Art, three, three things. Now, and he said, and then he, he, he gave me these three things. This is very important. This is close. He said to me this. Will you keep preaching the gospel and keep preaching the word of faith and never back down? I said, yes, sir, you count on that. I was doing it before I met you. I go, that's what brought you to this table. Number two, will you promise to love your wife and never cheat on her with another, another woman? Will you promise to be a good husband? Never hit her, never abandon her, never, hit, never abandon your children. Do you promise that? I said, that's a no-brainer. Yes, sir, I can do that. He goes, do you promise that in that church you will never compromise and let anything that's ungodly hit that pulpit? An ungodly preacher, an ungodly ministry, an ungodly act. I said, not a problem. You got it. They still, he shook my hand. He, said, he looked at the gentleman. He goes, now I'm done eating. Let's go to the escrow company and sign. Let me write you a check. Got my attorney here. We'll go through all the paperwork. He goes, hey, Pastor Art, now this is close. I only had 3000 in the bank. He said, the way we work this is for one year, you got to pay the taxes on $3 million. At the end of that time, we'll give you the, the building for free. Okay, I said, great. I didn't know it was $19,900 a month. A month. I didn't know. I had $3,000 in the bank. And every month, every month, with the same amount of people, over $30,000 was coming in every week. Prior to that, we were hitting $7,000 to $9,000. But the moment I said yes, the moment I said yes, and signed that agreement with my authoritative words, I kept the spirit of a finisher. Amen. God released from after, and the money started coming in. I never was late, and I paid a week in advance. At the end, uh, uh, the, the son flew out and handed me my title deed of the building. Ten and a half, and that time it went up ten and a half million dollars. Now I'm telling you this. We, we and, am I right? Ten and a half million dollars came in, and, and so God, God blessed us. Thou art my shield. Man, I remember when one of this verse to say, Thou art my shield. I'm wondering, what could God do with this group of people if you all dare to believe? If you all dare to believe. You know, uh, uh, I had a, I had a, my, my, my brother, when we were in that celebration mode, before we got the building, and before I got the billionaire, before he gave us the money, before all that, he took me to lunch afterwards. He goes, I'm leaving the church. I go, why? Because he goes, because you're crazy. 
and you're going to fail, fall flat on your face, and I don't want to be around to see it. So we're leaving. My family's leaving. Art, back up. Stop it. I go, I can't stop my faith. Right. Now, and, he, and he said, you know what? Dr. Price has that faith, though. He told me. Dr. Price has that faith, though. I go, yeah, I know. Now, what you don't know is I gave $10,000 of faith, though. I can show you what seat I was sitting in when Brother Hager was preaching and I was sitting there and the Lord said, give $10,000. We gave 10000 I sat down and I said, I said, one day, Joanne, I sat down, the Holy Ghost said, you're going to preach at that platform and, and you'll serve that man. I had no idea that was going to happen. None. I didn't. You can't buy your way into that. Especially with Dr. Price. Oh, oh no, you, you don't. You don't do that. You just don't do that. And so, but we sowed. I've been a sower my whole life. And I live by my giving. I heard Jerry Savelle say, I live by my giving. I, I captured that statement, and I do that. I live by my giving. And so, uh, with that, when that all that came in, I thought, man, this is powerful. But see, th that'll happen. And I didn't, know, I didn't know who he was. I knew Mr. I never met Mr. Green. You know, it took two years for me to meet him, and I flew out to meet him. Two years. I kept begging, can I meet you to thank you? You don't need to. Then finally I flew out there. He said, okay, I'll meet you for 30 minutes. I don't know about you, I guess you meet billionaires all the time. I, I, you know, I, I don't meet billionaires all the time. His building at that time that he had was 2 million square feet of warehousing. 2 million square feet. But he owned almost 22 uh, miles of land. I'll just let that sink in a little bit. And so I go into his office and sit down and uh, and he says this to me, I'm so honored to meet you. I go, why? He goes, because you're minister, you're pastor. All I get to do is make money. That's all I get to do is make money for the kingdom. But you, you get to preach and change lives. He said, see that photograph over there? It's a picture, a large one. The largest photographs and pictures, paintings I've ever seen. Because that's my pastor, that's his wife and his children. He can't dream big enough that I can't fund it. Whatever he dreams of, God's ordered me to fulfill it. He goes, I put, he goes, just myself, he goes, we have 30, 32,000 members in our church. I put 10,000 members in the church. And most of them work for me. Amen. Oh, man. What could you do for the kingdom of God? Right. See, all, all it takes is a dream. All it takes is a passion. There was a, a woman one time, and uh, she worked at this, and she, her husband had left her, and she, had, and, uh, she was making ends meet. She had two children, and uh, she just wanted to figure out what could I do. She worked for this little hamburger place, and it was going down. wasn't making much. And she, and, and, uh, she had say, the man said, I'm going to close up. We can't do this anymore. I can't, I can't, I'm losing money and I can't do this. So she said to him, would you mind if I do something? But uh, let, let me, let me bake one of my pies and sell it. See what happens before we close up. You can't do that. I, we're not selling hamburgers. We're not selling fries. Who's going to buy a piece of cake? Nobody can do it. She says, please let me do it. That's on you. She made a pie, brought it in. Then the next day, 
there was people that came in and said, we want another piece of that pie. And so the guy said, we don't have more pie. So he looked at it because they want some more pie. She said, well, I can run home, make two more. It'll take me a while. So she did. She had homemade pie. Well, before nobody stopped selling hamburgers, stopped selling pies, and Marie Callender was born. And Marie Callender became born. What could you do with passion? What could you do? And see, as soon as I said that, everybody knew who she was. But she didn't know when she was selling hamburgers. But she had a dream. Coming to this church, you've got dreams. And those dreams are enriching. Amen. So, so when you live by faith, you demoralize your enemy. Learn that. Number two, let me give you this last statement here because I've got a few moments left. You've got to live this way by faith. Expect a turnaround as your reward for your obedience. Mm-hmm. Expect a turnaround. Whatever's going around in your life, expect a turnaround for as a reward for your obedience. Right now, I believe God's talking to somebody about you. God is talking to somebody about you. Somebody that can make a difference. For years I've been saying this. While you're here today, God's work is something big out there for you right now. But if you don't expect the turnaround, it won't happen. And, and so, watch this. Today's not permanent. I can prove it because tomorrow's Monday. And you have, in, in one day you have 24 hours. So if you make a mistake, in one hour you got 23 to clear it up. So don't, don't focus on the one hour you messed up. Today's not permanent. Your worst circumstance today is subject to change. All you got to do is believe that it'll change. You got to believe that it'll change. God will require you to step into a arena of your life you've never been before. And the way, here's how you step in. I say what God says. Therefore, I do what God tells me to do. And I'll operate in it. I'll step into this. Obedience is doing whatever God instructs you to do. Obedience instructs you. Each, uh, this is important, you got to write this down, this is good. Put, put this on a t-shirt. Put it on a mirror and look at it every day. Each act of obedience shortens the dif- distance between you and your manifestation. Each act of obedience shortens the distance. So if you want to shorten the distance of it, expedite it, keep uh, obeying. And be quick to obey. And God will tell you what to do. Be quick to obey. Be quick to obey. And, and, and then when you do that, you become God's agent or so on. And so let me, let me read this to you. Uh, uh, you. You've all read in Mark's Gospel, uh, it makes reference of, it says, And uh, go ye into all the world, lay hands on the sick, and uh, cast out devils. And if you see any uh, demons, just tread on them. Cast them out. Just, just, just mess them up. Amen? This is basically what he was saying. So, signs and wonders are your heritage in redemption. Yeah. Signs and wonders. are You are spiritually rebirthed back into the supernatural. You, I'm going to say that again. 
you're spiritually rebirthed back into the supernatural by faith. So everything we do should be by faith. You should not be looking for signs and wonders. You should be a sign and a wonder. Because people need you, especially today. People need to see you as a sign and a wonder. People need to see you. It takes a man and a woman of faith to command signs and wonders. You, you need to be able to decree it and declare it. So, so many people, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, then you won't know what to do and you won't, you won't get revelation. See, you have the mind of Christ, not the mind of crisis. Yeah. That's, right. That's what the Bible says. Amen. So why quit? Because you got a challenge. Why? Why quit? Who hasn't been there before? Who hasn't been there? You, you'll always run into circumstances, but you got to build yourself up. Faith, a faith act will always put you in command of your day. A faith act will always put you in command of your day. And because of it, signs and wonders are always around you. They're, they're, all, they're always around you. When you're in command of those things, you'll stop wondering. And when you stop wondering, you'll stop wandering. Good. You ever notice the children of Israel? Uh, did you ever say why they started wandering to begin with, around for 40 years? You ever, it's a progression. And here's the reason. Because they started asking, why does God want to take that land? Why? Why does God want to take that land? That why turned into wondering. Whys will cause you to start wondering, and then wondering will cause you to start wandering. And you, and, and you got to get rid of the whys in your life. You gotta just believe God. God, God, you don't. God does not need to explain anything to you. Just do it. J just, just do it. When, when you're in command of this, signs and wonders. This is very important. God, uh, signs and wonders will cause your business to constantly blossom. We were, we were in a meeting. Uh, I think you were both there. That Holy Ghost meeting, the last one we just had. And, and I had a handheld mic, just like I'm doing right now, asking somebody to share something. And, but the Spirit of God was moving. In such a way, and I turned back like that to hand the mic back like a baton to put it away. And I, and I was laying hands on people, and whoever grabbed the mic, I didn't turn around. I just said this: the veil will be pushed back, and the the bonus you've been expecting has been hindered. But on the other side of that veil is that bonus, and the person holding it back is going to release it. However, now they must triple it. I didn't. I, I, I didn't leave and look back. I just kept walking and doing that. Well, we just got the text message. Amen. And, and, and the young lady said to me, the, they, the person, I was supposed to get it last, I was supposed to get it last year and they held it back. They got mad. And then all of a sudden, he called me and Ruby goes, I don't know, I just realized, it's like my eyes opened up and I realized what I did, the veil. And he goes, but I'm not giving you your bonus, I'm tripling it. Tripping it, tripling it, tripling it. God does what He's doing. I laid hands on another man, just the same same meeting. No, 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 no. It was this past Sunday morning. Uh, an angel came and visited me on Wednesday night, and, and that angel gave me some instructions. One of the things he said, lay hands on everybody on Sunday morning. So I did. I told everybody by by phone call. I said, for those of you that show up at nine forty-five for prayer, I'll lay hands on you. Well, even those that showed up late, kept, you know, I didn't realize. The line just kept going and going, so I didn't realize. 
But I'm laying hands on I got this one, uh, one couple, started laying hands on them. And then I, I started decreeing over them and declaring. And I said, and the doctors did you wrong. And uh, they've denied you. And you even went to court over this, tried to go to court, and they said, no, this, and it's not a winnable case. You don't have a case. That's all changing. All that's going to change. So, so, so look for it. It's going to happen. So he was just over my house yesterday, just came over and dropped some stuff off. And then he said, just want to tell you, I got a phone call from the attorney. He said, we discovered what the doctors did. And it was wrong what they did. And now we have a winnable case. And now we're going to take it. And he said, name your price because this will change your financial life forever. Amen. So he said, is it, should, should I, is it okay if I take him to court? And I said, if the world acts like the world, then treat him like the world. Amen. I said, I learned that from Dr. Price. It's good to be around Amen. good people. Yeah. Can you imagine that? And, and I, but here at the meeting, I said, things are turning around. God's going to expose all that. Amen. Amen. So Amen. I'm telling you right now, some of you have been sitting on your dreams. Some of you let your dreams die. There are more dreams in, the, in, in cemeteries than there are people. They let their dream die. They let it go. They let it slip. The challenge got too big. I don't know what I'm going to do. If somebody, I don't, I don't, somebody didn't believe in you. Well, believe in yourself. God believes in you. God has more faith in you than you have in yourself. How do I know that? He died for you. Amen. Rose again from the dead for you. Put his life on the inside of you. And said, go into all the world. That wasn't a suggestion. Go into all the world. Go into your world and change it. It's an act of faith. God believes in you more than you believe in yourself. God has more faith in you than you. And God will fund your dreams. God's already funded it all. All you got to do is just step out and go do it. That's all it takes is for you to step out. Amen. And don't ever put age on it. Don't, don't, ever, don't ever put an age on it. You, you can't put an age on the anointing. Right. You, you just can't do it. You, you can't do it. You, there's nothing you can do to put an age on it. It won't die. Nothing in the eternals die. God's word is eternal. It can't die. Matter of fact, if you live in the promises and just stay steadfast, saying the right things and keep sowing seed, your seed and your harvest will outlive you and go to your children and go to your children's children if the Lord tarries. Amen. Amen. Praise God for it. Amen. Amen. When I walked in just a little bit, you were talking about rapture. I'm looking forward to the rapture coming. Man, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm leaving this planet. Amen. And so talk about the rapture of the church. Yeah, so, so am I. But, I. but I'm not leaving my inheritance till I die. I want to watch my kids enjoy it now. Now, they'll get some when I die, but I'm not dying yet. Don't, don't look for me to go anyplace that soon. I'm not going anywhere. I just came back from my doctor's appointment. You know, I'm going to be 69. He goes, you have, you have the body of a, internally, or all your organs are that of a 40-year-old. All that of a 40-year-old. He said, your heart, your lungs, our oxygen level. My oxygen level in my blood system is 99. My blood pressure is absolutely normal. No problem with my kidneys. No problem with my lungs. No problem. I don't wake up at night and have to urinate five or six times. When I, when I lay my head down to sleep, I sleep. 
you know, when you get in your 60s, people start talking about their 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 bowel movements and stuff. It, it, I don't know why. Never, I never talked about when I was in my 20s. I never, I never got together with people. How, how did, how did, did, how's your bowel movement? We never talked about stuff like that. Never talked about urinating. Never, never, not once. Not once. You just did it. You never talked about it. All of a sudden, people get in their 60s and they start talking about their body fluids. How's yours going? Well, you know. When I put my head down, I sleep. And I don't fear. And I have no dreams of negativism. I don't have any nightmares. I'm not afraid. I lay myself down and I sleep. Because the Lord sustains me. And then I wake. The glory of God is on me. Amen. Praise God. So I plan on living long. I tell my son, you better catch up because sometimes we, he'll travel with me, go to the airport. He has to almost skip to keep up with me because I, I just walk too fast. Amen. I, I'm a, I live with with gusto. I live. I'm not slowing down. I live with gusto. Amen. Praise God for it. I mean, this is the way it is. I know my hair's gray. My hair started gray when I was 17. I used to color it, and I got tired of it. As I died, Jesse Plant said, on TV, TVN, one time, first first statement he made, not a question, he goes, this is Pastor Art Aragon. He dyes his hair. <laughs> I've, ever since I've known him, he's been dying his hair. Right, Brother Art? And, and Kathy's in the back going, no, no, Jesse, no. And she's laughing. I, and she whispers to me, I told him not to ask you that. I told him. He told me what he was going to do. And he's laughing. He's laughing. He's been telling that for years. Then I just let it, I said, you know what, I'm just going to let it go gray. So when he came to church on Sunday, he goes, I've been knowing Art since he, since he was big dying his hair. Now he's not dying anymore. Look, it's going gray. He'll catch up with me. So, you know, it's, but, but, but that's true. You know, but, uh, but, and, but I don't live by that. Age, uh, listen, age is a number. Old is an attitude. Yep. That's right. And I'm not old. Amen. I have an age. But I'm not old. I know some 20-year-olds that are old. That's right. They're too lazy. They're, they're, they're just too lazy. They don't get up and do anything. Remember the good old days where you had to go outside to play? Yeah. You come home, go, go outside and play. I want to be, go outside and play. Run around. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. We just got to leave the house. Go they didn't want us in the house. Come home from school. <laughs> take, take your good shoes off and go outside and play. Yeah, my, my wife tells me that's why your feet are so big because you only have one pair of shoes and now your feet look like Fred Flintstone's because you, you, I have to run around barefooted all day long. <laughs> she says, I didn't know you had married Fred. I didn't know that. It's just so, it's, but we had to run, out, we had to run around. Amen. That's all we did. And kids say, you can't get them outside. And then when they go outside, they're just staring at, at, at a... Yep. And... and, and and the school systems, hate to use this term, dumbing them down. Yep. It used to make you had to think. That's right. Remember that when you had to think? <laughs> Teachers used to make you think. My greatest teacher was, Dr. was, was, was Mrs. Pilkington. She saw something in me. And, and I, see, I got kicked out of school. So I, was, I was suspended three times. So... First time I got kicked out, suspended, was for selling sandwiches out of the trash can. I, I, I was, 
I was an entrepreneur, see, so uh, I saw the advantage of it. People didn't eat all their sandwiches, so I'd take two sandwiches, put them together, and then I'd take apples from somebody that somebody didn't eat or aren't, put it in a plastic, a brown bag. Remember we used to take brown bags to school? And, and then the little, the little uh, metal uh, containers, and you take all that stuff, I, I'd take it all, and put it in bags, and, and then sell it. And I would sell it, because uh, lunch was a quarter. So I said, I'll give you this if you give me a quarter. So they give it to me and they give a quarter. So by the end of the day, I, you know, I'd have a dollar twenty-five. I was rich. And I got suspended. They caught me. They didn't take my money, but they caught me. You know, and and, and I used to go to the girls, and, and girls always remember the mood rings. Yeah. 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 And, and women had a lot of them. The, the mood rings, different colors. And I said, "Can I borrow your mood ring?" And then I'd sell it to somebody else. And so one girl came to me. She goes, "Why did you sell my ring?" I said, "I was in the mood to." <laughs> but, but, and a little, and a girl, girl, I said, "Hey, can I borrow that ring you're wearing?" She goes, "Yeah." And it was a little tiny ring. I, I didn't know anything how, how expensive it was, and I sold it for five dollars. They called in the office, and I didn't realize that it was her grandma's wedding ring. <laughs> had a real diamond in it. I sold it for five dollars, so I had to go find it. And they suspended me again, and uh, and so th that was the second time. And, and then the third time was because I was making fun of a teacher, and uh, so uh, you know, and I lowered his desk, and then when he sat on it, it flipped over, and so I, you know, uh, you know, I, I was uh, a little adventurous kid. They suspended me. Miss Pilkington came to my house. And, uh, and this was in seventh, all of this happened in seventh grade. Miss Pilkington came. And she came to my house, talked to my mom and dad. She goes, I've come to talk about your son. Dude. We know he's suspended. He goes, no, I believe in him. I believe in him. Nobody's harnessed his activities and showed him he can dream with them. So I want to teach him how to sing. And my dad, okay, great. Miss Pilkington took me under her wing. After school, I stayed over. She played piano and taught me how to sing. They took me around the city, and I used to go to the different places to sing. Then she taught me math, taught me spelling. And she'd come to my house and stay there till nine, Mrs. Pilkington. Won me over. At eighth grade, Mrs. Pilkington uh, took me again, came to the house, and I spent some time with her. She'd come to the house, wow. never took me out, come to the house and would tutor me in the house. Mrs. Pilkington. Then when I was graduating, she looked at me, she goes, anything you dream of, you can do. And grabbed me by the hands and said, and God has blessed you. Wow. She got up and turned around and started to walk away. And she made this statement. I didn't know this in seventh. I didn't know it in eighth. She turned around and she goes, I've been praying for you. I'm a Christian. I didn't know that. First person I ever met that said they were a Christian. Mrs. Pilkington. First adult that ever believed in me. I didn't give anybody any other reason to believe in me. But Mrs. Pilkington believed in me. And so, sometimes, all you need is one person to radically change your life. Just one. Be a sign and a wonder. 
And so when you when you're assigned to wonder, God begins to start doing it. The word in your mouth, closing, is your instrument for signs and wonders and brings the manifestation of your faith. Let me say it again. The words in your mouth is the instrument for signs and wonders and brings the manifestation of your faith. Amen. Amen. Praise Amen. God. So th this is vitally important that we that we realize that. Now, right where you're at, put your hands to heaven for just a moment. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You are everything to us. You are everything to us, Jesus. We love you. So Start praying in the Holy Ghost for just a moment. Start praying in the Holy Ghost. And right where you're at, just worship. Just worship. Worship Him. Every one of you has something you can thank God for. Just find one and thank Him for it. Find one. He's done many things for you, I know. But find that one. Just find that one. And let it enrich your thought life. God, you did this. But it seemed like nothing was going to work. You did this. Maybe it was your child. It was finances. Maybe it was something in your body. You got healed. Maybe the doctors gave you a report and you didn't think you'd make it. Whatever it might be. And it didn't have to be something that major. God, you, you gave me a meal when I didn't have one. Whatever it might be, thank God for it right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I call you all well and healthy and strong. I started out by saying your kidneys are strong, your lungs are strong, your heart's strong. No brain aneurysms. No loss of bone densities. No loss of hearing, no loss of sight. My God is a miracle working God. My God is an awesome God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's been years since I've done this, but I was in my room one day quoting Isaiah 53 over and over and over again. Can I, can I tell you that Matthew chapter 8 at verse 11, 2 Peter 2.24 are not promises of healing. No, they're not. They're not promises. They're truths that you've been healed. And that promises. Isaiah 53 is a promise. Matthew and Peter are truths. I was in my room. My son was with me. My older son, who's two, he's 43 right now. And uh, so we were in my room, and I was had a temperature of 104, Pastor. And three angels filled my room and said, get up and speak the word. I got up and I started to speak. Isaiah 50, gave me the Isaiah 55. I started to say it. I started to say it. You were wounded from my transgressions. You were bruised from my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace is upon you with the stripes of you. You are wounded for my transgressions. You are bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace is on you. And by the stripes, you are healed. You are wounded for my transgressions. You are bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace is upon you. And by the stripes, I am healed. 
You were wounded for my transgressions. You're bruised for my iniquities. Chastisement of my peace was upon him by the stripes. I'm healed. I'm doing this for a reason. Saturating you with healing right now. You're wounded for my transgressions. Bruised for my iniquities. Chastisement of my peace was on you by the stripes. I'm healed. After about an hour, it started coming out like this. You were wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement, my peace, by the stripes, I'm healed. I began to worship. And then it came out after an hour and a half like this. You were wounded for my transgressions. You were bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace. It is upon you. By the stripes you healed me. And with the stripes that you bore on your body. And the blood that you shed on Calvary. You redeemed. And you purchased me. I'm no longer in bed covered up. I'm standing totally healed hallelujah oh hallelujah hallelujah and you you purchased me see if you're purchased you're healed hallelujah hallelujah Oh, hallelujah. And you purchased me. If I purchased it, my lungs are purchased. My kidneys are purchased. My blood is purchased. My eyesight is purchased. My ear hearing is purchased. My, my feet are purchased. Every bone in my body is purchased. Every organ, every vital organ is purchased by the blood and covered by the blood of the Lamb. Word becomes alive on the inside. Even in the midst of pain, you stand up and pain leaves and begin to worship. If you've been going through physical challenges in your body, I call you well right now. I call you well. I call you healed. I call you whole. I call you delivered. In Jesus' name, I have come to announce to you the healers in the house. Twofold application in this house of worship and in your house called the temple of the Holy Ghost. The healers in the house. The healers in the house. Wherever you're in pain, touch your body and say, The healers in the house. Jesus, I receive my healing. Come on, say, Jesus, I receive my healing. Thank you. It is my purchase right to be well. In Jesus' name. I decree it. I say it. Body, get in line with the Word of God. Now pray in tongues. Now do something you couldn't do. 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 
Be radical with your faith. Do something you could do. I don't care if it embarrasses you. Get, get up. Get beyond that embarrassment. Do something you couldn't do. You couldn't shout, shout. You couldn't jump, jump. You couldn't twist. Get up and move your body around. Whatever you need to do, do it. Do it for the glory of God. Do it. Step out in faith. Step out in faith. Step out. Well, I don't feel it. It's not feeling. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is a spiritual level. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Thank God I'm blessed. Thank God I'm well. I will stay well for the glory of God in Jesus' name. Tell them all my needs are met. I have a lifetime supply. Amen. If you're in business, I call your business to succeed. If you own a business, I call it to succeed. Whatever you set your hands to do, shall and will prosper in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I bless this church. I bless this ministry. I bless your lives. Command the blessing of God on you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to thank you.